Well, greetings, everyone. Hey, we are here. We are ready to go. Another edition of New Hope Radio. In our series, People Jesus Met. I like the series because it, each person that Jesus met kind of revealed another attribute of uh, who he was. And the, the whole idea is to learn about who Jesus is, right? And by studying and revealing his attributes, we learn a little bit more about who he is. So I want to welcome you to the radio, AM and FM. I want to welcome you to Facebook and YouTube as well. What the heck? What is that on there? Okay. Oh, it's asking me if I want to stop streaming. No, I'm not even done yet. I'm just getting started. But I want to stop, stop streaming right now. So that is the technology, okay? All right, so we're going to go. We are, we are ready for it today. We are ready to go right at it. Hope you are too. You know, think about it. Every Christian is important. Everyone. And this is why. Because every Christian has a calling on their life. Did you know that? Everyone. Linda's on board already. Good afternoon, Linda. Thank you for joining me. She has a calling on her life because she's a Christian. And you know what the calling on our lives really does? There's a few things. It provides meaning for life. A lot of folks haven't found meaning in their life because they haven't found their calling. It provides purpose for their life. And you know what else it does? It gives them a sense, I like this part, of self-worth. Man, don't we need these three things? Come on. We need these three things. We need meaning, purpose, and self-worth in every life. Right? Doreen's on board. She would say, yes, that's true. That's true. So that's why in our series, People Jesus Met, we're going to see that Everybody Jesus meets. He actually, you know what he does? He raises them to a higher level. That's what Christ does. He raises us to a higher level when we meet him. Have you attained that level yet? A lot of folks are listening to the program on the radio, on Facebook and YouTube. But have you attained the higher level that Christ wants you to live at? That's the question. Now, last time we were together, Jesus met Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He worked in Jericho. He was hated by his own people. You know why? Because he collected taxes from them. Oh, but wait a minute. He worked for the Romans. That's why. Melissa's on board. Hi, Melissa. Glad you're here with us today. He worked for the Romans, that dirty rat. Robbed his own people, gave it to the oppressors, the Roman bullies. Man. So Zacchaeus, you could say, was rejected by his own people. The only people that didn't reject him were <laughs> other tax collectors. Something happened. Cindy's on board. Hi, Cindy. Oh, all the ladies are checking in today. Where's the men? Ladies are checking in. When he met Jesus, you know what he found? 
something he probably never had before. Acceptance. It's amazing when acceptance is missing from our lives, the things we're willing to do, the bad things, the negative things. Because acceptance gives us value and worth. Janine's on board. Tammy's on board. Okay. I think Tammy's in California. Wow. Sunny California. So here's what we learned when we talked about Jesus meeting Zacchaeus yesterday. That he meets people right where they are, and he accepts them right as they are. Now that's good news, because that's true about us. He meets us right where we are, and he accepts us as we are. That's good. Today we find another attribute of the Lord. By the way, if you want to hear these again, you got to go to the Hope Club podcast and maybe share these things with your friends. you got some friends that are struggling. They're struggling with self-worth or acceptance or the meaning of life. I think these couple of messages could really help them. Send them to the Hope Club podcast or to our website, newhopecc.tv. Scroll down, and you'll get these podcasts there. And the intention is we want to help people. We want to help people find a higher level to live at with Jesus Christ. So we're going to discover another attribute of the Lord. This time, this one's drawn out by the disciples. Doreen said Jesus meets us right where we are and accepts us. That's what's so good about the Lord. That's what's so good about him. That's right. He meets us where we are and he accepts us. He doesn't say, well, you know what? You got some work to do. Come back later. No. He says, come on in. We got some work to do on you, but don't you worry. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. That's the beauty of the Christian life. The Lord does it for us. Linda said that, oh, Richard is listening also. I'm glad of that. Glad I've got a guy on, on board today. So Jesus had, think about it now. This just hit me today. He had an incredible task to complete. You know what Jesus had to do? He had to bring the message of hope and salvation to the whole world. I'm like, what? The whole world. And that message was based on the sacrifice that he would make of himself for the sins of all mankind. So if he's one man and he's going to bring this message to the whole world, I'm going to tell you something. He needs some help. He needs help. He can't do this by himself. He's limited. Now, there were so many places he could have gone to find help, right? He could have found able-bodied, able-minded men and he could have found some really good help to bring this message to the whole world. He could have gone to the synagogues of his day, where there were students. He could have gone to the temple, where there were priests serving God. He could have gone to the rabbis. He could have gone to the wealthy aristocrats. But no. <laughs> you know what he did? He went down to the beach. <laughs> Imagine going to the beach to find people who would change 
the world. I mean, isn't isn't that quite a thought? I'm going to change the world. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to the beach. I'm going to find some people, maybe some surfers, maybe some fishermen, and they're going to help me bring this message to the world. And that's just what Jesus did. In Mark chapter 1, verse 16, as he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon. And they were casting a net into the sea. And you know why they were casting a net into the sea? Because <laughs> they were fishermen. That's a good reason. You know, fishing was big business around Galilee. People didn't eat much meat. So fish was their main staple. Now, the men fished in those days in two different ways. Let me give you an ancient day lesson on fishing, which still goes on today. One way they fished was by trawling. And what they did, they had these long, long nets. And sometimes they'd hook up these nets between two boats. And the net would stand up in the water like a fence. And the boats would move along the water. And the nets would just scoop up whatever fell into them. I think Jesus used that example when he gave the parable of the fish net, the drag net. There were good fish and there was bad fish in the net. They had to sort them out, get rid of the bad, keep the good. So that was one type of, it was trawling. Uh, a net would stand up vertically and they'd pull it between two boats and scoop up all the fish. But then there was another kind of fishing, which was net casting. This was done by one man. And he had a circular net. It was weighted on the edge. And he would throw it out as far as he could and pull on the rope. And the rope would close the net and whatever where it fell, if it fell over fish, they'd be trapped in the net and he'd pull them in. So you could do that from a boat, you could do that from the shore, from a bridge, anything like that. So the casting net is the one that Simon and Andrew were using. When Jesus said he saw these men casting a net into the sea, that's what they were doing. They were using the casting net. Now last time we said that Jesus looks at people, not at what they are, but at what they will become. And the future disciples of Jesus, they were, you know, think about it. They were common folk, uneducated. They were the working class. They were busy making a living. They just got up and went to work every day. And, you know, they worked hard and weren't wealthy. And they just did what they had to do to provide for their families. You know, the Old Testament prophet Amos, he got his thought in a similar way. God called Amos to be a prophet. And Amos said, I'm not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. I'm a herdsman and a grower of sycamore figs. Oh, but the Lord took me from following the flock. And the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. And what's the point? The point is, the call of God comes just not to the house of God but in the place of work. See, God doesn't call people that are sitting in church. He calls people that are at work. That's what he's done here. These people were working, doing their jobs, and God called them. 
Another thing we see is the future disciples had a calling on their life, and they didn't know it until they met Jesus. Wow. They had a calling on their life, but they didn't know it until they met Jesus. Isn't that true about all of us? You know what? Every Christian has a calling on their life, but they might not know it until they get serious with Christ. When unbelievers get saved, that calling kicks in. Boom, right there. How are you going to discover it? So I believe when I look at the scene of Jesus going down to the beach, talking to the fishermen, this was not the first time they met Jesus. They certainly had to hear of him, and they even heard him speak. I really believe that. You know, not, not like the movies where Jesus comes walking down the beach and he sees the disciples and he looks at them and says, follow me. And they look like they're in a trance and they follow him. No, nothing like that. He had a relation. I would say any, he had a relationship with them. He would go down the beach all the time and talk to them, develop a relationship, and then drop the bomb. I think there was something stirring inside these men. And Jesus recognized it. And he knew that he could use it. See, the great thing about God, he knows our hearts. And if he knows there's something stirring in your heart, he's going to grab you. He's going to say, oh yeah, that's just what I'm looking for. And he will put you into the service of the kingdom. Janine said, so true. Our eyes need to be open when our heart is open. Don't they work together? Yeah, the eyes and the heart. They work together. Doreen said, it's beautiful how God uses everyday people for his purpose. I'm glad he did. You know why? Because <laughs> there's more of us. <laughs> there's more everyday people than not everyday people, so to speak. Okay? So I wonder, when, it, when I think about these disciples that Jesus called, I can picture Jesus down by the beach, and there's a big crowd all around him. And they're all listening to him, and he's talking. And then when Jesus is done speaking, the crowd leaves. But these men stayed around. And they talked and they asked questions. Everybody else left. Oh, Jesus is done. Let's go. But they stayed. Because they wanted to go farther with him. Let me give you an example. You think about sports talk after the game. You know, you watch a three-hour football game, right? And then you get three more hours of talking about the game on the radio or the television after the game is over because you can't get enough. I remember one time a few years ago coming home from New Hampshire with my wife Donna. We're driving home, about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from New Hampshire to Rhode Island where we were. And I had the Patriots game on in the car. And after the game ended, the guys came on and they continued to talk about the game. Right? The game summary, so to speak. And Donna says, wasn't that enough football? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> so we kept driving, and I'm listening to the sports talk. And then we went by these, you know, they got the big outlets up in, up north. So we stopped in this outdoor mall where all the outlet stores are. And she went in and shopped, and I sat in the car, and I listened to sports talk. <laughs> so that's what I see what happened with the disciples on the beach. That Jesus goes down, he gets the crowd, he's talking to the crowd. And when he's done preaching, they leave. But these guys stayed around. Maybe they had questions. They wanted to go farther, deeper with Jesus. 
And Jesus recognized a stirring in their hearts. And then one day he dropped the bomb. He said to them, follow me. Follow me. You know, someone once said, following Christ is like falling in love. It's a heart thing. It's all about the heart. See, we admire people for reasons, but we love them without reasons. <laughs> you don't have to have a reason to love someone. We admire people for reasons, and we build statues and paint pictures about them. But when you love someone, you just love them. And that's it. So Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Jesus offered them a promotion. I'm going to promote you guys. You guys are catching fish. You come with me. We're going to catch men. What do you think they did? This might not have seemed reasonable for Simon and Andrew to leave their business. Like, no, man, we, we, we get a good business going here. We need to do this. But you know what? When your heart is stirred, reason becomes frail. A stirred heart is powerful. A stirred heart can override reason. And that's what happened with the disciples. And then we have the calling. Jesus offered them a task. A task greater than the one that they were currently involved in. I'll make you become fishes of men, not fish, men. And when he said, I'll make you become fishes, you know the word become? It's the word ginomai. And it means it's a process. Ginomai means to become something that you were not before. It's a process of becoming something. So he knows that there's going to be a learning curve involved. And that's good for us to know. Don't get discouraged because you don't know everything all at once. There's a learning curve. That's what the journey is. The journey of the Christian life. It's a process of learning. It's a process, oh, here it comes, of becoming. It takes a lifetime to become like Christ. So what happened? Verse 18, immediately, I like that. They left their nets, and they followed him. Now, we have a similar scenario in verse 19. Going on, on a little farther, Jesus is walking down the beach a little more, and he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and they were also in the boat, and they were mending nets. So Simon and Andrew, they were fishing. James and John, they were fixing their nets mending them because you know you catch a lot of fish and the nets would break and rip and you got to sew them put them back together so verse 20 immediately jesus called them and guess what they left their father zebedee in the boat but they didn't just walk out it wasn't like you know they didn't give a two weeks notice or anything they left their father in the boat with the hired servants and they went away to follow him they didn't leave their father alone to run the business there were hired servants there that would work for the father. They didn't leave their family and in order to follow Christ and put their family at risk. 
You know, that's a good lesson. You don't put your family at risk to follow Christ. You don't do that. And they didn't. They met their responsibility to their father. And they made sure that the hired servants were there to help conduct the business of fishing. You know, if you go back to the Old Testament, David had a similar thing going when he went out to fight Goliath. His father sent him to check on his brothers at the battle. And you know what the Bible says before he left? He arose early in the morning and he left the flock with a keeper. See, he was minding the sheep when his father sent him to the battlefield. But he left. He didn't just leave the sheep and say, oh, I got something big to do. No, he left them with the keeper of the sheep. He met his responsibility. Following Christ does not relinquish anyone of their natural responsibilities. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think, oh, I'm serving God, let my family starve. No, you don't do that. You don't put your family at risk to serve God. You meet your responsibilities. You know, Jesus said one day, Moses said, honor your father and your mother. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have gained for me is Corbin, that is given back to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. You make it void the Word of God. And what does that mean? It means that if a child had money that he was putting aside for help to help his elderly parents, and then he decided, oh, I'm going to give this to God because that's a higher calling. I'm going to give this money to God. Jesus is saying that's wrong. You're, you're making void the Word of God, which says, honor your father and your mother. So you don't give away money that your family needs. You don't put your family at risk. What kind of a representation of the love of God would that be? It's not a good reputation at all. So Jesus called these men to a task better than themselves, bigger than themselves. You know what everybody needs? Everybody needs something to invest their life in. They do. See, because you can spend your life and have nothing to show for it, or you can invest your life and you can receive dividends, right? So there's a calling on every person. Every person at the moment of salvation, you will hear Jesus calling you. When you are industrious, busy, he doesn't call lazy people. He doesn't call couch potatoes. He calls people that are busy, that are industrious. He calls those that are moved by his word. They love the word of God. Jesus is going to put them to work in the kingdom. He calls people that have fallen in love with him. I mean, think about these three qualities. Who wouldn't want to be in league with people that are industrious, moved by the word of God, and they love him? That's what it takes. Ask yourself, am I an industrious person? Am I moved by the gospel, by the scriptures? Am I in love with Christ? I'll tell you what. Oh, God's got big plans. He will use you. You know what's going to happen when you meet Jesus in heaven? He's going to look you right in the eye and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Is that going to be the coolest moment of your existence? I would say so. Well done, 
good and faithful servant. That's what we need. That's what we're striving for. So there's a calling on every Christian. But that calling will be realized when you put yourself in a place like the disciples, where they love the Word of God, they were good workers, they trusted Jesus, they followed Jesus, they wanted to be with Jesus. I'll tell you what, you know what life's about? I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's all about Him. Everything else is secondary. Everything. That's why I'm tired of topical studies. I'm tired of teaching, you know, how to be a good father, how to be a good mother, how to be a good boss, how to get ahead in life. You teach about Jesus, you're going to learn all those things. Everything you need to know is in Jesus Christ. He's the central figure of everything. Learn Jesus more than anything else. And that's why we're here on the radio every day. And that's why we do podcasts. The Hope Club podcast. And all of our messages are there. And you know, you can get daily devotionals in your email every day, Monday through Friday. You can join the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click donate. Go to fund. Pick radio. Put in your information. Commit $3 a week. Are you, are you kidding? $3 a week? That's it. That's it. $3 a week. And we're going to put you in that list. And we're going to send you an email Monday through Friday with a devotional that's going to just pick you up, get you going, give you, a, give you a positive outlook for the day. I love them. I love them. I make them and I listen to them too because I need the Word of God. So you can do that. Just join the Hope Club. Go to hopecc.tv, click giving, scroll down, pick radio, put in your information. You're on the, you're on, it's an honor system. We don't check up on you. It's an honor system. $3 a week. Keeps, it pays our radio bill. And we can stay on the air. We're so thankful to be on the air. WAFE, great radio station here in New England. The best. I'm glad to be part of the best. And uh, we want to be here. We want to pay our bills, be good stewards, and be on the radio every day. And you make it possible by joining the Hope Club. And then you get the podcast as well. So thank you for coming along. I hope that this has made you sensitive to the calling that God has on your life. Have, have you realized the calling? These are the things that we talked about today that will help you to realize God has a calling on your life. Tomorrow, we're going to meet a guy with a thousand problems. <laughs> you know what his name is? Legion. I call him the man with a thousand problems. Got a thousand problems? Join me tomorrow. We're going to talk about Legion. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.